الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ربنا إني أسكنت من ذريتي بواد غير ذي زرع عند بيتك المحرم ربنا ليقيم الصلاة فاجعل أفئدة من الناس تهوي إليهم ورزقهم من الثمرات لعلهم يشكرون وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ما نحل والد ولدا من نحل أفضل من أدب حسن أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم In the ayat of the Quran Sharif that was recited, Allah Ta'ala mentions a dua. And the dua is of Khalilullah, of the friend of Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala, Sayyidina Ibrahim, Ala Nabiina wa Ali Salatu wa Salam. And in this dua, Sayyidina Ibrahim is expressing his concern about his children, his progeny to come. This is a natural concern. Every person has a concern for his family, for his children, for his grandchildren. Then people are concerned even that the great-grandchildren, when they would come, he wants to make some kind of provision for them also. So in any case, this is a natural human concern, especially for a person's own family, his children, and not just a human concern, it is a necessary concern. It's a compulsory concern. That a person has to take care of the responsibility that Allah has placed upon him in terms of his family. The responsibility that Allah has placed on him in terms of his family, one is, the responsibility in terms of taking care of their basic needs so that's the father's responsibility the husband's responsibility to take care of the basic needs of the wife the father's responsibility to take care of the needs of his children so he has to earn a halal living and by means of earning that halal living he has to try and provide whatever is within his means so as far as the basics are concerned that is his responsibility so within his capacity he will have to try. But just as he has this responsibility of taking care of their needs in terms of dunya and whatever their day-to-day basic requirements are, that is his responsibility, greater than that responsibility is to take care of their akhirat. Obviously that is not in his control in terms of giving hidayah to anybody. But the concern to make the right effort to put them onto the right line, to give them the correct guidance, so that more than their concern for dunya, this person's concern is how they can get safely to akhirat. Because their life in dunya, our life and their life is all limited. Sometimes we may outlive them, sometimes they may outlive us. How often it happens that sometimes the child is gone before the parent. 
every other day we hear something of this nature. The parents are elderly, they are still living and the very young child is gone. So we don't know whether we are going to be still around when they, are, they will see us going to our cover or we will see them going to the cover. But the reality is that our life and their lives is very limited. Neither we are going to stay here forever nor they are going to stay here forever. But nevertheless, while we are living in dunya, while they are living in dunya, we have needs, they have needs. We have some basic requirements, we have to eat, we have to have a shelter over our heads, we have to have some food and some clothing. So this food, clothing, shelter, these are basic human needs. So Allah Ta'ala has not just given us permission to take care of it, it is necessary to take care of it. But this is not the object of life. It is not that these basic human needs become the be-all and end-all. This is just the water for the ship to sail. The ship of this insan has to sail to Akhirat, to Jannat, inshallah. And in order to sail through this dunya, he needs water, the ship needs water to sail. So the water of this dunya is this basic needs, the little material possession that a person has to have for the ship to sail. If he doesn't have food, he'll starve. If he deliberately starves himself, he'll end up committing suicide. That will be a major disaster. He cannot deliberately deprive himself or his family of the basic needs. Something beyond somebody's control is beyond the control. But this life is coming to an end. And there's nobody can ever stop it. When their appointed moment comes, nobody can stop it for one brief second. It will come at that time. Now the whole issue is that when this is the reality that this life of dunya is so temporary and the life of akhirat is eternal and at the same time we have this responsibility with regards to our families what is our focus, what is our priority, how much attention do we give towards that guidance that will make that akhirat and how much of time, effort, wealth and whatever else goes into it is put towards their betterment of dunya only. At this time of the year especially everybody's concern is the education of the child. So to have that basic skills that a person requires that is part of life that is part of the necessities of life. But when that becomes the be all and end all at the expense of a person's akhirat at the expense of a person's deen, then that means that the focus has been lost. The person wants to try and reach Makkah Mukarramah, but he's taking the flight that is going to America. So now if he sits in the flight that's going to America, but his deep desire is, and he's making dua also, that I must reach Makkah Mukarramah, but he's boarding the flight that is reaching New York, and that is going to Los Angeles, and that is going to all the western destinations then no matter how much dua he makes and how much of desire he might have but as far as the system of the world is concerned and as far as asbab are concerned then he'll end up in New York he'll end up in some western environment he'll end up in where all the things are against whatever the way that Rasulullah has left but he won't end up in Makkah Mukarramah he'll end up somewhere else so likewise, a person, mashallah, his desire is there, he's making dua also, 
My children also must reach Jannah. But all the attention is given towards dunya. How is that going to happen? Very often, right from that very tender age, the child is now barely still in early years of school. He says, no, well, today don't worry, you can go to sleep early. It's summer now, Isha is late. So go to sleep early because you wake up early for school. So the child is being taught, don't worry, Salah is not so important, your school is more important. Or if there's an appointment of some sort for some dental appointment, some doctor's appointment, Allah forbid even, let alone necessary appointments for health, if there is some sporting appointment, it will all happen in the time of that afternoon madrasa, if the child is going to start over. If we have put him into that afternoon madrasa, where after the seven hours in school and the child is now completely drained for the day, now the two hours that he will be in madrasa in the afternoon, everything else will get slotted in that time. So that school doesn't get disrupted in any way. So now what is the message that is being implanted in the mind and heart of the child? The school is the be all and end all. This is just an addition as a, as a optional extra. The person now buys a car, the car is the main thing. But now you also put that good spoiler or something. Allah knows this. They call it spoiler where they spoil the car, where it makes it better. Allah knows. So now they say it's optional extra. You also put some other fancy things here and they say it's optional extra. You pay for it. It's optional extra. If it doesn't come along, the car will still move. So the child's heart and mind, this is the message that gets implanted in there. That this schooling, this career of mine, this university education, this is the be all and end all. Deen is the optional extra. So if the deen comes along, it comes along very good. If it doesn't come along, it's not so serious. Now when that is the heart and mind of the child that is now getting created. So what is the end result of this? That child understands, why do I have to put all my attention and focus in this? Because I have to produce economically. Throughout the world, this is a mindset that everything is viewed in terms of what is economic production. If somewhere they want to try and reduce the population rate, they will try and cut down on the population in some way, limit the number of children people have. Why? Everything is judged by economics. And now some countries are now encouraging, now you must have more children. Why? Because the population has aged too much. Yeah, hardly the ratio of younger people to older people now is very disproportionate. So this will cause an economic decline. So how many children must come in dunya based on the economics of the dunya? And how many must not come? Whereas nobody is nobody's control. This is Allah's control only. But this is insan's man thinking. And this is the whole world running on this. So this human being must merely become a money-making machine. Full stop. That is the message that gets left in the heart of the child. So now this materialistic mindset, this materialistic heart gets left in the child and deen is the optional extra. So now, whenever there is a clash between trying to produce economically and on the other side, deen is dictating, look, there is a line here, you can't cross this line. He says, no, but if I stay within this line, then this economic situation is going to be affected. So now we'll have to cross the line. Because this is the most important thing now. So if that salah gets compromised, that's secondary. But this mustn't get compromised. Let alone Salah getting compromised, even if a person's Aqeedah gets compromised. 
that Nawazubillah will start talking things like, but you see in this time and age, we can't continue on that same principle that happened 1400, 1500 years ago and say that interest is haram. In this time and age you can't do without it. It will have to be okay. Nawazubillah ibn Zalik. What has been left of that Iman when a person says that something Allah Ta'ala has made haram, he says, no, this is now fine, it's okay. There's no Iman left. He can come perform Salah from Fajr to Isha, he can go and make Hajj, he can perform fast in the month of Ramadan and keep Nafil fast the whole year round too. But that Iman is gone. Where a person regards something that Allah Ta'ala has explicitly made haram in the Quran Sharif, and he's saying, no, the need of the time is it must be permissible. But now where this came from, it came from that economics is everything. That was the message that got left in the heart of the child from that early ages. So now deen became the optional extra. If deen comes along, it can fit into our economics, we'll fit it in. It can fit into my career, I'll fit it in. It can fit into my lifestyle, I'll fit it in. And we can't fit, deen can stay somewhere else. If it can't fit into my nikah, then I'll leave it out. Or at the most I'll make one further corner somewhere. That's deen you stay in the corner. Don't come and affect our function and don't affect our entertainment and our enjoyment. So deen becomes optional extra. If it can fit in, it fits in. If the budget allows it that we buy these few extras and put it in the vehicle, well and good. The budget doesn't allow it, leave it out. <laughs> so now when that becomes the mindset of the child and he grows up with this mindset, what becomes the end result? Now first the materialistic mindset was set in the parents. So they put the child onto that line. And now when the child grew up with that mindset, deen the optional extra, materialism became his heart and mind, then everything is judged in the light of things. One psychologist, is a western psychologist, not a Muslim psychologist, he is writing, this is his analysis, that when people keep thinking about and they put all the emphasis on con consuming and buying and constantly thinking about the value of things and how to have more and more things that eventually they start viewing people also as things now this is after a lot of research looking into people's lives the patients that came that were treated researching students and whatever else now he a western psychologist person without iman he is writing this that when people start constantly focusing on things on consumerism on buying and having more and more things and trying to so called as we call it keep improving the so called quality of life which merely is just another word what we think about it is just having more material things but the quality of life is not dependent on that. That sometimes disrupts the entire quality of life. If there's barakat in it, it will enhance the quality of life. And if there's no barakat in it, then the more it is, the more it will disrupt the quality of life. And that barakat comes through deen. So in any case, he's saying that when this becomes the mindset, then eventually over time, that person starts viewing people, insan, human beings, he starts looking at people also as things. Now if there's two things, one is very valuable, one is not so valuable, and the thing that is not so valuable is becoming a barrier to achieving that more valuable thing. For example, now a person has one small property, and the small property is worth whatever, 100,000 rand, 
But now if he, this is becoming a barrier in buying something that he can buy for 100,000 and turn it in a couple of days to 1 million. So he says, sell this out, because that money now which will come in hand, will be able to turn it into, in one week's time he'll make a million out of it. Suddenly there's such an opportunity. Uh, that opportunity that has come, this small property has become a barrier. So get it out of the way. So now when things, everything is things, this is a thing and that is a thing also. So now when one thing becomes a barrier in another thing, that thing is moved out. It's just kicked aside. Now when people also start getting looked at as things, because of that mindset that started off from the early years, school is everything, dean can be compromised for schooling, doesn't matter what goes on in that university, you go, doesn't matter whether you are in a safe situation or not, whether your sufficient effort has been made to protect your iman or not, whether that girl's haya will remain or not, or whether what will happen to Allah knows, all that is secondary, but this is the primary thing. And when that has become the mindset of the child, and then people are also viewed as things, then whoever that thing can be, if that thing becomes a barrier in that person's economic progress, or in that person's fun and enjoyment. Because at the end of the day, what do you do with that economic progress? Enjoy life. So anything that becomes a barrier in that, then if that thing is one's parents, because everything is looked as, people are looked as things, so even one's parents get looked as a thing. That if that parent which is being viewed as a thing becomes a barrier, that no, you can't marry this person, this person is not a choice for you, this person doesn't have imam, you know what I've been loved. You will not come and become a barrier in my enjoyment. Because you can't go and study in that place because there's complete there's a complete tsunami of irreligiousness. People are losing their Iman there. How many people have gone there and become atheists in that particular place? He says, no, but this is where I want to be. So nobody will come in my way. So now nobody will come in my way, that is that nobody can be anybody because everybody is a thing. And for one thing, another thing can be moved aside. Now these are unfortunate tragic realities of day-to-day life. What we are facing in our society is what we are facing. And the, Throughout the world is a common problem. Whereas previously the priority was always deen. Dunya was not divorced. Dunya wasn't divorced. Allah Ta'ala hasn't commanded us to divorce dunya. But not at the expense of deen. The ayat of the Quran Sharif that we recited right at the beginning, where we started off about this concern of Sayyidina Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam, he is leaving his family, the lengthy incident time is limited. We hear about this incident every time at the time of Eid al-Adha. Ibrahim wasalam, has been commanded to leave his wife, his child in this barren place, Bakka Mukarrama. At that time, no water there, no zamzam yet. And he's ordered to leave. Leave them there and go. So now he's concerned. He's a human being, he's insan. And the Anbiya wasalam, what concern they have, we can't imagine. So he's an insan, he has, a, he has concern. So now he finally moves aside and he makes dua to Allah Ta'ala. رَبَّنَا إِنِّي أَسْكَنْتُ مِنْ ذُرِّيَّتِي بِوَادٍ غَيْرِ ذِي زَرْعٍ عِنْدَ بَيْتِكَ الْمُحَرَّمِ Allah, I've left my family, my progeny. Because this is the start of the progeny. I've left them in this وَادٍ غَيْرِ ذِي زَرْعٍ In this barren place. 
Rather, there's no food here, there's no water here, there's no means of survival. But Ya Allah, your command, so I'm leaving them here. But Ya Allah, what is my greatest concern? In the Baytik al-Muharram, Rabbana liyuqimus salah. Allah, my first concern and my greatest worry is that they must establish salah in their lives. Now, I'm not going to be here personally because you ordered me to leave. But if they have salah in their lives, they fulfill the right of salah, then I have full conviction you will take care of their dunya and akhirat. And here the child is told, look today, don't worry, if the salah you can't make it, but make sure you complete your homework. Don't worry if you can't make it for salah, but that sporting event mustn't get missed. And whatever else can come in the way, can come in the way, that salah can get moved out, but those other extra things can't get left out. And yet this is the first concern. He's leaving them in a place where there's no means of survival. Ya Allah, my greatest concern is Rabbana Ali Yaqimu Salah. Fajal Afidatam Minan Nasitahwi ilayhim or Zukum Minas Samarad. But Ya Allah, they are insan after all. Ya Allah, you make the hearts of people turn positively towards them with love and affection. Ya Allah, you provide them the good and necessary things. And then the end again, La'allahum Yashkurun. Ya Allah, so that they become more loyal to you. They become grateful servants. Right at the beginning, Salah. And at the end again, Ya Allah, they must be loyal to you. That is the essence of true gratitude. Complete loyalty to Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. So that was the lesson Sayyidina Ibrahim wasalam, gave us. Allah Ta'ala preserved this in the Quran Shari for us. That he's a father. And he's leaving his wife and child in a barren place. No means of survival. But as a father, and more concerned than any other father can have for his child, the Anbiya Ali Musalam have for their children. But the better and the greater concern was still their deen. Because dunya, dunya at the end of the day is going to finish off. But if we don't put the correct attention in terms of deen, then the everlasting akhirat is going to be affected. Abu Darda radiallahu ta'ala great sahabi of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi his daughter was now of marriageable age and the king of the time, the king of the time proposed for the hand of the daughter of Dardar in marriage. So now if somebody has come for a proposal and they say this fellow came in a GTI and his father, his father owns a Porsche, he's going to close your eyes and just accept it. Say what are you talking about now, what are you even thinking about? Now here, forget GTI and Porsche and whatever else, the king of the time has proposed for the daughter of Abu Darda radiallahu ta'ala. He rejects the proposal. Shortly thereafter, one very simple, humble person without much to his name, anything, hardly anything to the name, but a pious person. He proposes for the daughter of Abu Darda radiallahu ta'ala. So he accepts this proposal. Now this became big news. This became big news of the time. It became headline news as we say. That he refused the proposal of the king of the time. And he accepted the proposal of a simple ordinary person who doesn't have anything much to his name. This was a very perplexing thing for some people even in that time. So somebody asked him, how does this add up? So his response, that when Darda, Darda was his daughter, he was known by the Kunya and the Abu Darda, the father of Darda. He said, when Darda will end up in this place, 
where she will be dazzled by all the glitter and glamour of that palace and when at every moment there will be servants at her beck and call then ayn ad-deenuha yawma izin what will be the condition of her deen at that time will she be able to digest this correctly and still maintain her deen or will she get indigestion out of all this in terms of her deen and deen will get left beside that now must enjoy the fun of dunya <coughs> I couldn't take that chance I couldn't risk that that with the dazzle of the glitter and glamour of dunya she may not be able to digest it and her deen will get compromised it was just a chance because he had given her the best upbringing but that concern that dunya is very temporary this ordinary simple person is pious he will guide her and help her to get closer to Allah Ta'ala but this is a very risky situation I can't take that chance so he accepted the proposal of this very simple ordinary person without much to his name but he rejected the pr- proposal of the king of the time this was the priorities that they had so while Allah Ta'ala hasn't forbidden us in fact not just hasn't forbidden us has made it compulsory upon us to earn a halal living to provide for our families to take care of their basic needs and if a person can afford it in a halal manner without crossing the lines of deen in any way he can afford to provide some luxuries some comfort for his family Alhamdulillah Allah Ta'ala give barakat in it but not with compromising the line of deen not in how that is acquired not in what career choice that goes into it all these things have to be well within the limits of deen if deen is going to get compromised then this is going to be a major disaster Allah forbid that that child let alone becoming a problem for us in akhirat will already become a problem for us in dunya if the child wasn't given deen first and was not put into the line of deen and the greatness and importance of deen was not embedded in the heart then if the child together with that greatness of Allah Ta'ala in the heart that child was put through some whatever need of dunya is concerned but he could protect his deen inshallah that will be very fine no problem but if the child wasn't first established in deen properly and is thrown out into that environment Allah forbid what can become the end result so while we have this concern for our children for our families for whatever else to acquire the best for them the best that Rasulullah says مَا نَحَلَ وَالِدٌ وَلَدًا مِنْ نَحْلٍ أَفْضَلَ مِنْ أَدَبٍ حَسَنٍ a parent can never give a father can never give his child a better gift than good character good character comes in a very comprehensive aspect here it comes in the light of deen complete deen with their best akhlaq that is the best gift when that parent needs that child that child will be the side of the parent otherwise that parent will say the child will say I will book you in 1.7 million beds they call it nursing facility beds in America are this is now a couple years back 1.7 million nursing facility beds what does that mean old age homes where parents have been put there to pass their days because nobody wants to take care of them nobody is interested in taking care of the situation because everybody is too busy making their own dunya so 1.7 million parents have been abandoned and unfortunately that is becoming the situation here that out of sheer necessity people have to make these arrangements because people are out in the open so this is our most important thing that we establish the deen in our own lives establish the deen in the lives of our children and guide them towards their akhirat in a way that their akhirat becomes secured for them Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillah